Today's share is Masechta Yivam is Tavchav Zayin. We will begin on Tavchav Avam Abayis. Three lines from the bottom. Shmuel Amar Echad Chayos L'Kulam. Yesterday we had learned in our share, the Rav taught us that when there's a Chalitza P'sula, and the way we defined the Chalitza P'sula was a situation where Chalitza is, a, is the only option, where Yibam is not an option, only Chalitza is an option, so Rav said, such a chalitza, even though we've learned and we'll continue learning, that if one brother does chalitza, it works for all of the remaining, for all the vomits, for all the people that require chalitza, or it works that all the bro- other brothers do not need to do anything once that individual did chalitza. But teaches us our Gemara that a chalitza psula the chalitza to a woman where yibum wasn't an option, and the case that we keep on referring to is a situation of an achois chalutzasai. Under those circumstances, we've learned that Rav taught us that chalitza has to be done by every bro- every brother separately. Shmuel Amar, but Shmuel says even in a case of chalitza psula, echad chalitz chalutz lekulan. In other words, as we learned, we have three sisters. And the first sister had chalitza, and the second sister had chalitza. So now the other brother has an issue that he can't do chalitza because if it's going to be a case of a chalitza, these two brothers can't do a chalitza chalitza. The law is you have to have chalitza from every brother. Michti. But ask the Gemara, how could we suggest that that's the opinion of Shmuel? Ask the Gemara, Shemina Lel Shmuel. We know that Shmuel's opinion is that Shmuel is the opinion that always hold that you need to have a strong chalitza for to accomplish what it needs to accomplish. So how are we saying that a chalitza psula is sufficient? Says the Where did Shmuel teach us this? The way to understand this Gemara is you have two brothers, Shimon and Levi, who are married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Shimon is married to Leah, and Levi is married to Rachel. Shimon has another wife. Her name is Sarah. And Levi has another wife whose name is Rivka. Sarah and Rivka are not related to each other. Now Shimon and Levi passed away without any children, and both, all these almonists, the two wives of each one of these husbands fell, fell to Yibam, to Ruvain, the brother of Shimon and Levi. When Ruvain does Yibam, when Ruvain does Chalitza on Leah, the wife of Shimon, the halacha Shmuel said is that normally, as we said a few moments ago, if you do Chalitza to one of the wives, it's going to work for the other wife. Here, the Chalitza that Ruven would do with Leah would not be effective for Sarah Hatsara. And she would have to have her own chalitza. Similarly, when he does chalitza on Rachel, the wife of Levi, it would not be effective for Rivka, Rachel's Tsara. Why? Because since these two women with whom he did the chalitza were not candidates for Yibam, because each one of them is an achois sukkasan. That makes the chalitza a weaker chalitza. For as we said, 
the definition of a weak chalitza is a chalitza, the definition of a weak chalitza is a chalitza that cannot be brought, that cannot be brought to Yibam. And by chayzukukasoy, there's no option of Yibam. So what our Gemara is teaching us, since a chayz, since Yibam, these are weak chalitzas, says Shmuel, the chalitza that's done with these wives will not be effective for the tsaris. And only the other way around, that when the chalitza was done on the tsara, will be effective for the sister. But the point that we're trying to make is, clearly, Shmuel does understand that a weak chalitza needs to be taken into consideration. So ask the Gemara, that according to Shmuel, as we just said, if you did chalitza on the sisters, then it wouldn't be effective on the tsaris. So then why would Shmuel hold that when three sisters fought to two brothers, as we explained in the previous year, Reuven and Shimon, and Reuven does chalitza on all three his sisters, and as we explained, the chalitza on the second sister is a chalitza psula, because once he did chalitza on the first sister, this sister that he now approaches to do chalitza to is an achois chalitza, which is, that's the case, it's a chalitza psula, and why can Ruvain do it? The Shimon who did not do any chalitza, chalitza kshera. His chalitza is a strong chalitza because it's not a chais chalitza. So chalitza Ruvain. So how could Shmuel say that Ruvain could do the chalitza, which is a chalitza psula? Answers the Gemara. The way to understand Shmuel is different. My echad nami kamer. What is the definition when Shmuel says one does chalitza? Is not talking about the first two sisters. Certainly, Shmuel will agree that the first first sister, the first brother who does chalitza with the first wife, so that is great. Now we have the second sister who's up to discuss. The second brother should do that chalitza. Because for him, she's not an achayz chalitza. So to illustrate what we're saying, there were five brothers, Reuben, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar. And there were three sisters, Rachel, Leah, and Sarah. Levi married Rachel, Yehuda married Leah, Yisachar married Sarah. Levi died without any children, then Yehuda died without any children, and then Yisachar died without any children. And these three women fall in front of the two surviving brothers, Reuven and Shimon Feibam. So Shmuel will say that Reuven should do chalitza on Rachel, the wife of Levi, who passed away first. Shimon should do the chalitza on Leah, the wife of Yehuda, who died second. Now Shimon's chalitza is a much stronger chalitza than the chalitza of Reuven, because she, because Leah is also to Ruvain because because as we just said, he already did chalitza on her sister Rachel. And Shmuel, so that Shmuel will agree. Says the Gemara, so what did Shmuel mean when he said that one chalitza is enough? And Tzos, which means now we have the third sister, Sarah, who was married to Yisachar, who died third. So Sarah, is also both to Reuven and Shimon, both of them, 
because to both of them she's an aschais chalutzasai. Ruvain did chalitza with Rachel's sister. Shimon did chalitza with Leah her sister. So each one of them, when they approach this woman, have a chalitza psula. Why is it a chalitza psula? Because the, as we keep on repeating, they can't marry her because she's a chais chalutzasai. In such a situation, unlike what we learned Rav's opinion in our previous year, that now she'll have to have two separate chalitzas, both from Reuven and Shimon, Shmuel will hold that a chalitza from Reuven or Shimon alone, either of them, would be fine. But ask the Gemara, how could we say that that is the opinion of Shmuel? But then Shmuel say, Lekulam Kamar, that said one brother could do chalitza on all of the sisters. But now, the way we're learning is that one of the brothers will do two chalitzas, either Ruve and... Ruve will have to do one chalitza, Shimon will have to do one chalitza, and the third chalitza can be done either by Ruven and Shimon. And yes, Shmuel is saying that we don't need both of them to do chalitza and this third sister, but one of them will have to. But that's not what Shmuel said at the beginning of our shir. Shmuel at the beginning of our shir said that chalitza should be done to by one brother may do chalitza to all of the sisters. That's not what was said. Answers the Gemara. Kivan the Rubagabe. The way we just explained, we can't do he can't do chalitza, he won't do chalitza on all three sisters, but he's going to be doing chalitza as two of the three. That's enough to be considered Karle Kulon. That's enough to make it be considered as if he did chalitza with all of them. Going back to a concept that we have often in Shas, Ruba Kikula, says the Gemara, a different way of understanding Shmuel's opinion. Shmuel that said, Echet Chaylus Lekulon, the one does chalitza to all the sisters, means that Ruvay will do chalitza to all three sisters. Rachel, he does chalitza too, because she was the first widow that fell to him. Leah, the second one, and Sarah, the third one. Now, the question, of course, is, when Ruvain does chalitza to Leah, she is a chalitz chalutzasai. For as we just said, Ruvain already did chalitza with Rachel, her sister. And isn't Shimon doing chalitza with her better? Because Shimon, as we just explained, has not done any chalitza. Says the Gemara, that Shmuel, according to this shot of Shmuel, and Shmuel, will hold that Ruve can do chalitza in Leah, even though Shimon's chalitza would be better. Because to Ruvain, she's an achois chalitza. Sorry. Says the Gemara, why? The kikam Shmuel chalitza ma'al yabinin. Regarding what issue does Shmuel say you always need to have a chalitza ma'al Hanimili that's an order, as we explained earlier, that even though normally the chalitza with one of the amonas works for the other amona, here, this wouldn't be good enough. The chalitza on the woman who comes with being an achois chalutzasai is not strong enough to take away the chiv chalitza from the tzara. Ava mifta nafshapatra, but the yavama herself who had a chalitza psula, for even though it's a chalitza psula, it's going to be strong enough that she's taken care of. So when Shmuel said, Shmuel's focus was, did the women who had chalitza, are they 
taken care of? And the answer is, even though it's a chalitza psula, the woman herself who receives chalitza, even though the chalitza she's receiving is a chalitza psula, it's okay. The only concern we have when we deal with chalitza psula is what influence will it have on the tzorah, but not on her herself. And the Gemara now goes deeper in understanding the opinion of Shmuel herself. And as I saw, the Ritva explains, when you're doing chalitza on one wife, and you want it to work for the other wife, so now you need shlichus. You have to have, as we discussed many times previously, that that chalitza should work for the other wife, with shlichus. A weak chalitza doesn't have the ability to be strong enough to affect the next person as well. But a weak chalitza is good enough for the person who received the chalitza. Gufa, Amashmul. So again, Ruven, Shimon, Alevi, brothers, Rachel and Leah, sisters, Shimon married Leah, Levi married Rachel. Shimon has another wife, Sarah. Levi has another wife, Rivka. Shimon and Levi died without any children. And now they, their wives, each one of them had two wives, fell to Ruven Fiyibam. Cholitz Lachoyes, if Ruven did chalitza on both sisters, that wouldn't be good enough, as we just explained, to work for the Tsaris, because it's a chalitza psula. Tsaris, but if he did chalitza on Tsar and Rivka, which is a powerful chalitza, because they're not related to each other, there's no issue of achais zukukasai, or achais chalutzasai, niftur achais. Another case. Shimon had two wives, Tsar and Rivka. Shimon dies without any children, and they fall to Ruvain for Yibam. Ruven gave a get to Sarah, and to Rivka he didn't give a get. And we're going to be speaking often in our Masechta, how the halacha looks, what does the get accomplish or not accomplish, to explain that, to explain that a little better. What I mean to say is, we, only, we know that the only way that a Shemer Shavim goes free is with Yibam Chalitza. What a get accomplishes, that none of the wives now will get Yibam, and this wife should get chalitza. So what happened here was, Chalitz, Ruven did chalitza to Sarah, Baal Saget, who had already received a get from him. That chalitza will not be adequate for the Tzara. Why not? Because once you give a get to one of the widows, what that does is it weakens the Zika. So since it weakens the Zika, the chalitza that's done now is also a weak chalitza. And since it's a weak chalitza, it doesn't have the ability to help the tzara. But if you do chalitza on the tzara, on Rifku's the tzara, who did not have a get, so her zika is a regular zika, that will be strong enough to nift her bowels to get, that even the one that got the get would not have to have chalitza. Another case. Two wives of Shimon fell to Ruvain for Yibam. And Ruvain did Mimer. And as we've learned and will continue learning, Mimer is really not effective Medoraisa when we speak about, Mimer is really not effective for when we speak about a Yavama. Again, as we said, Yibam and Chalitza are the only options. 
but it does accomplish, and Chazal, as we're going to learn, encouraged that Maimah should be done, because Chazal wanted that this should take a semblance of a re- regular marriage. So Allah is, Cholitz Lebalas HaMaimah, if Chalitza was done in the Balas HaMaimah, Loi Nifter The Why? Because since that Chalitza is not good enough, why is that Chalitza not good enough? Because since Maimer was done with that wife, the Allah is, Chalitza could break a Zika. Chalitza cannot break a Maimer. The only thing that could break a Maimer is a Get. So that makes a weak, that this Chalitza is a weak Chalitza. Because only a chalitza that completely severs the relationship is considered a strong chalitza. This is not a chalitza that completely severs the relationship. And therefore, if you do chalitza on the wife who received maimer, then it won't help for the tzara. On the other hand, if you do chalitza on the wife who is the tzara, so that's a perfectly good chalitza, it's a strong chalitza, and that's why it has the ability of niftra balas maimer. Ask the Gemara. So how have we been explaining that if Chalitza is done on one of the sisters, it doesn't work for the Tzoros? Why? The two sisters are also for Yibam because each one is a Chais Zukukasai. But if and a Chais Zukukasai means that they're not candidates for Yibam. And since they're not candidates for Yibam, as we explained earlier in the year, that makes their chalitza into chalitza psula. But ask the Gemara, so what are you saying? That the chalitza on the tzaris is going to be effective. But the Allah is a tzaris achais isha bezika, a tzara of achais ukekasai, you also not allowed to do yibam with. So why is that chalitza any better? Answers the Gemara, the Sava Shmuel, Shmuel is the man that holds ain zika. Vam asked the Gemara, Vam Shmuel Yezika. Shmuel says that he does hold a Zikr. Says the Gemara, Shmuel was addressing the Divrei Oimer and Zika come. He was explaining how, what, according to opinion, a dozen hold of Zika, how would he learn, what would he hold Alocha? But the Gemara asks, if Shmuel is following the opinion of Ein Zika, why then? Why, if Chalitza was done on the sisters? It's not powerful enough for the Tzaris. And the Gemara explains what it means to ask. You have, again, three brothers, Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, and you have two sisters, Rachel and Leah. Shimon married Leah. He has another wife, Sarah. Levi married Rachel, and he has another wife, Rivka. And now, Shimon and Levi die without any children, and they fall to, to Yibam, to Ruvain. Ruvain did Chalitza first on Leah. Now, at that point, that Chalitza is perfect, because she's allowed to have Yibam. It's not a Chalitza Ptula, because the, we're following now the opinion that holds Ein Zika. If Ein Zika... It's, she is not an achoy If it's not achoy sukukasoy, because there is no such concept. There's only a concept of achoy sukukasoy if you hold of Zika. But now we're saying that Shmuel speaking according to the opinion that doesn't hold of Zika. If there's no problem, so she's not achoy sukukasoy, her chalitza is perfect and she'll work on the tzara as well. When Ruve now will do 
chalitza on Rochel, the sister of his chalitza, that indeed will be a weak chalitza. Why? Because she's a chois chalitza. So it says the Gemara. So I could understand, Bishlam et Sarah the Rochel I could understand why Rochel's Sarah cannot be sufficient with the chalitza of Rochel. The key mechalitza since Ruven had done chalitza with Rochel's sister Leah, and only afterwards did he do chalitza with Rachel. So the chalitza that is done with Rachel is a chalitza psula because she's a chaitz chalutzasai. And therefore, a chaitz chalutzasai doesn't have a strong enough chalitza that it could work for the tzara. But ask the Gemara, el tzara de leyatifta. Well, why does Leah's tzara have to have her own chalitza? She, at the moment when Leah's chalitza was done, she was perf- it was a perfectly good chalitza. Because again, let's remember, he doesn't hold of the concern of a chalitza chalitza. So why would that chalitza not be good enough for Hatzorah as well? Answers the Gemara, you're right. When Shmuel said, When Shmuel said that the, the chalitza on the sister doesn't work for the Tzorah, it was at Tzorah the Rochel. It was only on the second sister's chalitza, which is a chalitza psula. But the first chalitza is the chalitza of Leah, which was a perfectly good chalitza, will be effective for her tzara as well. Says the Gemara, but that's not what Shmuel said. For tzara's kamer, Shmuel said that either chalitza of the sister is not effective for her tzara. But now we're saying it's only by the second chalitza do we have this consideration, not by the first chalitza. So the Gemara, what Shmuel meant to say, what tzara is the alma. Whenever you have such a situation, the second chalitza will not work for our tzara. Ask the Gemara. If that's what Shmuel meant, if that's what Shmuel meant, ask the Gemara, why did Shmuel say? That even though the, tzara, the chalitza on the sisters, and now we're saying only one of the sisters, is not effective for the tzaras, but we said that if you did chalitza on the tzara, Niftar Achayus, but ask the Gemara when Atzaris Rif Rachel, when Ruvain did Chalitza with Rivka, who's the Tsar of Rachel, Mimiftera, why would Rachel be off the hook? Hatnan, Asam Adam, Atzaris Krivas Chalutzasai. Ruvain and Shimon are brothers, and Rachel and Leah are sisters. Shimon married Rachel. And then we have another individual, Avram, who's not a brother, married Leah. And Avram has another wife, Sarah. Shimon dies without any children, and Rachel, the wife of Shimon, falls to Reuven for Yibam. And Reuven does chalitza, and now Avram dies. The din is that Reuven may not marry Sarah, because she is a Sarah of Leah, who is related to Rachel, who is his chalitza. And even though Leah was married to Avram, who isn't a brother of Ruvain, Chazal were concerned that people may make a mistake and say that he did chalitza on the sister, and now if we're going to allow to make marry the tzara, they'll say, they'll make a mistake and think that the tzara of a chalitza is muteris. So here too, after he did chalitza on Leah, Rivka became Osir on Ruvain because she's the tzara of Rachel, the sister of the wife of the woman he did chalitza.
So if that's the case, then that chalitza, even with the tzara, is a chalitza psula. And if it's a chalitza psula, we're learning that whenever you have a situation of a chalitza psula, it doesn't have the ability to help the other almana. But why is Shmuel saying that the chalitza of the tzara will be effective for the on, for both of them. If it's a weak chalitza, it shouldn't be that way. So the Gemara says, a nupshat in Shmuel, that till now we've been learning that Shmuel holds that if you did chalitza on the sister, the tsaris are not potter. The, what he meant to say is that when he did chalitza on the sisters, he, the, it doesn't help for the tsaris, is in the same situation that you did chalitza on Tsaris. And let's understand what that means. Shmuel Nami, what Shmuel meant to say was like this. Hischo, v'loi hischo. It matters that you begin doing chalitza on a sister, or do you not begin with the sisters? And that's what he means. The Kamar, when Shmuel says that he did chalitza on the sisters, you also have to do chalitza on the Tsaris, is as follows. Hischo b'achoyus. The first person that you did chalitza with was Leah, Leigma Betzaris. If you're going to do, if you did chalitza with Leah, you shouldn't do chalitza with Rivka, the Tzara of Rachel, because that's a, that's a chalitza psula. What Shmuel meant to say was that the chalitza of Rivka, the Tzara of Rachel, won't help for Rachel. Certainly, the chalitza for Rachel will not help for hot sorrow. Let's understand why. Rachel is a very serious lack of ability to do Yibam. She's an achois chalutzasai. Rivka, who is the tzara of Rachel, is, is a weaker, this ineffective chalitza. So certainly Rachel can't help the tzara. But Shmuel is now saying that the tzara cannot help the wife. And when Shmuel said that when you do chalitza on the tzaris, it will be effective on the sister, it's talking about a case, kishesch betzaris, that the first case that he did chalitza, he did chalitza on tzara, the tzara of Leah. So if he did chalitza on tzara, the tzara of Leah, so then the second, that was the first brother's Amonis. Now when he does the second chalitza, he could do chalitza even on the woman who was the sister of the Amona of the first brother. That means, since the chalitza of Rachel was effective on Rivka Hatzara, and certainly when he did chalitza on Rivka, there will be work on Rachel. Why? They're not related. She's not... And therefore, if you start with the woman who wasn't the sister, then the next chalitza you'll do could be with either of the Almanas. That's Shmuel. Now the Gemara gives another explanation. The way we began understanding Shmuel, that when you did chalitza on the sisters, it doesn't work for the tzaris, but when you did chalitza on the tzaris, it does help for the sisters. And the reason why when you do chalitza on the sisters, it's not effective for the tzaris, because Shmuel, according to Rav Ashi, we go back to what we said earlier, Shmuel's opinion really is that Yei Zika. And therefore, 
the two sisters are Achoy And since they're Achoy each one of those Chalitzas are a weak Chalitza. Why, again, are they a weak Chalitza? Because since they're Achoy Sukukosoy, Yibam is not an option. And therefore, however, Mishim Dali, but the Choy doesn't have the ability that the Tsar of a Choy should be in a Chalitza Psula. And therefore, when you did Chalitza on the sisters, so it was a weak Chalitza, it was a Chalitza Psula, and therefore it's ineffective for the Tsaris. But according to Rav Ashi's interpretation of Shmuel, there is no concern of Tsaras a Choy and therefore, the chalitza on the tzaris is effective for the sisters. Tanya Kavasi Ravashi and says the Brisa supports this interpretation. My tama. What is the reasoning? He obviously subscribes to zika. And even though he subscribes to zika, and therefore the two sisters are Achoy Sukukasai only speaks to the Achois, to the sisters, but Achoy Sukukasai does not speak to their tsaris. And therefore, the chalitza of the sisters doesn't work for the tsaris. It's a weak chalitza, but the chalitza of the tsaris works for the sisters. Says the Gemara, Amr of Abba Mamamo, Hamani, this b'risa is not conclusive proof, because this b'risa maybe is following the Pina Beishamai. Who the Tanan, as we go back to what we learned in Dafyud Gimel, Beshamay and Tiran Tsaris Lachim. Beshamay holds that Tsar is not a concern. So Beshamay holds Tsar is not a concern. So then that's why, even if she's a Tsar of Achaisukasoi, it isn't a consideration. Because Tsaris Erev is not even a consideration to Beshamay. But ask the Gemara if that's the case, that Tsaris Erev is not an issue. And certainly Tsaras Achoy is not an issue. So ask the Gemara, then we could have said even big, better. The Tsaras should be candidates for Yibam. Answers the Gemara, we go back to Gemara we learned in Dafyud Dalad. Rabbi Yochem Ben Nuri realized, as we discussed, that there's a serious machloikis between Beshama and Beshalel. And it could lead to very serious repercussions. According to Beshama, Chalitza Yibum is required. According to Beis Hillel, if you do Yibum, you could end up with a Mamzer. Very serious repercussions. In order to avoid these problems, what Chazal said, Rechmanuri came up with a solution. The solution that they came up with was that we should do, that we should do Chalitza. So according to Beis Hillel, where Chalitza is really not required, we'll do it anyway. And according to Beishamai, where Yibam is an option, so we did Chalitza, but Chalitza works with the Raisa. And like that, we won't have the serious repercussions that we just identified. And that's why Rabbi Yochman Nuri said, But didn't we learn on that Tezvav that Rabbi Yochman Nuri wanted to institute that and it wasn't instituted. So our question comes back. If we're following the opinion of Beishamai, why are we saying that the Tsars have to have Chalitza? They should even be able to have Yibum. Says the Gemara, indeed, Rabbi Yechim Nuri wasn't able 
to accomplish that everybody should agree, both Beis Shammai and Beis Hol should agree that Chalitza should be done. But Amr of Nachman Yitzchak, Achrov, in the Chazor Tiknu, in Rabbi Yechman Nuri's times, they weren't able to make this rule. But in the later generations, they did make the rule. And that's why even Beis Shammai would agree that in such a situation of Tzoris, it's a Tzara Chay we shouldn't do Yibam, only Chalitza. Ask the Gemar, Ibailuhu. In a situation where we have Shimon died without children. And he had two wives, Sarah and Rivka. Sarah and Rivka fall to Ruvain for Yibam. Ruvain did with Sarah Mimer, which as we spoke earlier in our shir, is something the Chazal encouraged one should do with his Yavama. It accomplishes so much that he may not now marry any of the relatives of the woman to whom he did Maimer, but, and Chalitza alone is insufficient, he has to have a get. Rivka, the other wife, he gave a get. And the Chaloch is that if a get is given to one of the Yavamis, it accomplishes that none of the wives now could be candidates for Yibam. So we have here these two wives. Rivka is the Baal get. And Sarah is the Baal Samaimer. Both are not candidates anymore for Yibam Midrabonim. Ezman Kodemis. Which one is the one that you should do Chalitza to? Do we say Baal Saget Adifa? We should do the Chalitza with the one who got the get. Because they already have begun severing, severing the relationship. Mishum the Askhaba Chalitza. And then complete the severing of the relationship with giving her Chalitza. Adilma. Baal's Maimer Adifa. We should do Chalitza with the one who got Maimer. Their relationship is a stronger relationship because they already had Maimer. And therefore, a Chalitza done with such a woman is a stronger Chalitza because it breaks a strong relationship. And since it's a stronger Chalitza, it'll be the right Chalitza to work for both wives. Ravashi Toshma, the Brisa teaches us, that Rabbi Gamliel's opinion is that get after get is not effective. What does that mean? Shimon had two wives. Again, Sarah and Rivka, and he died without any children. And now those two women, Sarah and Rivka, fell to Reuven, his brother, for Yibam. Reuven gave Sarah a get, and as we said, once he gave her a get, neither of these women are candidates for Yibam. Not only that, that was that accomplished, but as I said also, he will never be able to marry any relatives of Sarah. Because by giving Sarah the get, it's like giving her a chalitza. Now, if he goes and gives Rivka get, Rabbi Gamaliel's opinion it is that that get is meaningless. And Ruvain will not become disqualified for marrying any relatives of Rivka. Because once Ruven gave Sarah get, it's considered like a chalitza. And just like chalitza, if you give two of the Yavamas chalitza, the second chalitza is a meaningless, meaningless act. Similarly, if you give the two Yavamas a get, and then you give the second Yavama a get, the second get is meaningless. Similarly, Rabbi Gamaliel holds regarding Maimer and Chamaimer. If Ruven did Maimer and Sarah, and by doing Maimer and Sarah, he's not allowed to marry any of her relatives, and he also to give her a get, 
And it also accomplished that the other wife is no longer a candidate for Yimam. So when he's going to do Maimer in the second widow, Rigamliel's opinion is that a Maimer acha Maimer. And the second Maimer is a meaningless act. Not only is it a meaningless act, there's no need for get to that Maimer. And you'll to marry her relatives, and she's not also to Rivka. Because since the Maimer with Sorrow is considered a Yibum, ain't Yibum acha Yibum, says the Gemara, that Shurgamlil, even though, as we just explained, is of the opinion, ain't get acha get, ain't Maimer acha Maimer, he agrees, yesh get, that if Ruvain gave Rivka a get, ach Maimer, that if Ruvain gave Rivka a get, after he had done Maimer and Sorrow, the get that he gives Rivka is considered a valid get, that she will never be allowed to marry her relatives, and it also accomplishes that the get that he gave to Sorrow, that he, that, that, that Sorrow that he did Maimer with, can no longer get Yibam. My, and certainly, and same, similarly, Rabbi Gamil holds, the Maimer that Ruvain did with Rivka, Acha Get, after the Get that he gave to Sorrow first, that has accomplishes that Rivka's going to have to get a Get. And the Get, the Maimer also accomplishes that he can't marry any of her relatives. Says the Gemara, but if we're going to be saying, as we suggested, the Get is other from Maimer, the Get that Sorrow got is powerful, that more powerful than the Maimer that he did with Rivka afterwards. Because the get breaks the Zika. So then the question is, once the Zika in this family has been broken, Loilahani Maimer, Abasrai. So any Maimer done in this family should not be effective. And similarly, says the Gemara, if we're going to say in Maimer, that the Maimer, Odif, that the Maimer is powerful, more powerful than the get. Because Maimer is a form of a Yibum. It strengthens the Zika. So giving a get afterwards should be a meaningless act. Because since the Maimer is as if Yibum was done, we know once Yibum is done, he's finished with that family. And a Chalitza wouldn't be valid here. Certainly a get would not be valid here. How do we have to understand? That the get and the Maimer are equal. And since they're both equal, what when we have one is a get minus a get got mimer and one got and one got a get, we can't say that one is stronger than the other. And the aloch is that the aloch is that they both equally have their issues. And here, doing chalitza on one will be effective for both wives. Says the Gemara, Amr Avun Amr if two sisters who are Yuvamas became Yuvamas at the same time, that means we have Reuven and Shimon and Levi, brothers, and Rachel and Leah are sisters. Reuven married Rachel, Shimon married Levi. Reuven died without children, and then Shimon died without children, and they both fell to Levi Fiyibam. Now, Levi has an issue with both of these women. They're both are chaisukukasai. Chalitz, if he did chalitza with Rishayna, with Rachel, the wife of Ruvain, who died first, Hutra, she could go get married without any problem. Chalitz, but if he does chalitza to Shnia, to Shimon's wife, Sarah, 
who Shimon died second, Hutra. He could go, she could go now get married. What's the halacha if Rachel died first? If Rachel died first, before she got Chalitza from Levi, Mutter Bishnia, he'll be allowed to marry Leah. Even though at the moment of death, he was at the moment of Leah's husband's death, he could not have done married her, because at that point her sister was a Chaisuka Kasai. Rachel, her sister, was still alive, and she had, and therefore it was a situation of a Chaisuka Kasai. Says Rav that even though normally we say that if somebody was usher for one moment, they remain usher, not the case here. They, she was indeed usher at the beginning because she was a chaisuka kasai, but when that issue expired, he could do yibam with her. Certainly, says Rav, that if the second wife died first, Mutter Brishani could marry the first wife. Because when the first brother died, he had the option of doing Yibam with her. When the second brother died, there was no option to do Yibam at that moment. The option to do Yibam only emerged later. But when the first brother died, he could have done Yibam. What happened? He could have done Yibam. Then when the second brother died, the issue of Achais Azukasai emerged. And then when the second brother's widow died, that issue falls off the table. That's a situation of Yevama Shahutra Venestra, the Chazavahutra, Taxla Tayarishan, and certainly he will allow to do Yibam with that first widow. widow. But says Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan, I agree that in a situation, Mesa Shnia, that if the second widow dies first, the second widow dies, Mutter Berishayna, he could do Yibam, he could marry the first one, because it was Hutra, Venestra, the Chutra. But, says Rabbi Yochanan, in a situation, Meisrishayna, where the first widow dies, after the two brothers die, obviously, Asa Bishni can't marry that second one, even though, obviously, there's no longer an issue of Achaisu Kukasai. Because, says Rabbi Yochanan, my Tama, if at the moment of death, Yibam wasn't an option, it's considered like a situation of an Asha Sakhtar has children. And as we keep on saying in our Masechta, from the beginning of Masechta, a sister-in-law is a very serious sister. And, 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 and if a brother dies, it's a very serious issue. Only under the correct circumstances are you allowed to do Yibam her. Here it's Asha Sakhtar Bonham, and she remains Asher forever. Ask the Gemara, Rav Does Rav not subscribe to this? That that if she became usher at the moment of death, she remains usher forever. Farmer Rav didn't Rav won't Rav teach us when you have three brothers who are married to two sisters. Reuven, Shimon, and Levi are brothers. Rachel and Leah are sisters. Reuven married Rachel. Shimon married Leah. And now Reuven died without any children, and Rachel fell. To Rachel, his wife fell for Yibam. The halach is that Shimon can't do Yibam with her because he is, she is the sister of his wife. Now, when Leah dies, the wife of Shimon, still Rachel can't have Yibam, even though the Isser of Achais Ishta has fallen away. Why? Because Rav says 
Since at the moment of death, she was not a candidate for Yibam, she was an Achos Ishtoi, it remains that way forever. So why are we saying the Rav says that it could fall away? Answers the Gemara, When do we say that if a woman is disqualified for Yibam, she remains like that forever? Says Rav, that's in a question where the disqualification is in Issa Daraisa, and as in the case that we just mentioned. It's an Achois Isha, which is an Issa Daraisa. However, Hocha, in the case that we're discussing, what was her disqualification at the moment of her husband's death, the second widow? The disqualification was Achois Kukasai. Zika is only the Rabbanonhi. Zika is only a Drabonadigan disqualification, and therefore it doesn't have the power to say that if it was Osir at the moment of death, it remains Osir forever. The Chacham Tzri says, asks a question. He asks, Al Gemara just established, certainly, if at the moment of death there was an Issa Daraisa to marry this woman, you couldn't do Yibam, you couldn't marry at the moment of death, that remains forever. So asks the Chacham Tzri, that every woman, when her husband dies, becomes an oinen. And an oinen is not allowed to do mitzvahs. And one of the mitzvahs she's not allowed to do is get married. So how could, so if at that moment, we're saying that the defining moment is death. The defining moment of death. You couldn't have done yibum. It should remain, according to the way we're learning now, an issue forever. So the Imri Emes wrote a letter to Rabbi Nachum Zambel Zetzal, trying to answer this question. And the Imri Emes said that this, why is the halacha that an oinen is not allowed to do any mitzvahs? Said the Imri Emes, the reason an oinen is not allowed to do any mitzvahs is because it's out of respect to the person who died. How do we show respect? That we're focused on taking care of the burial of this individual who died and we're not doing anything else. Yibum, as we're learning in Amasechta, on the wife of a brother who died without children, is also out of respect for the individual who passed away. In such circumstances, said the Imri Amis, that is not considered that you can't do the mitzvah yibam because you're doing something out of respect for the nifter. And anything that could be done out of respect for the nifter may be done, and the issue of anan is not an issue.